0: Well, welcome to another episode of Devil's Talking Padres. I'm Dominic Stern. I'm not joined by Bobby Murphy this time. He couldn't make it. So today I'm joined by my East Village Times editor, James Clark. James, how are you doing today?
1: What's going on, Dominic? How are you doing? Uh, I guess like most Padre fans, I'm licking my wounds after today's loss.
0: Yeah, you, you said it. Uh, this was a very tough series, and as a Padres fan who attends Arizona State University, thus the devil's talking Padres, <laughs> since I've come out here, the Padres have played nine games at Chase Field, and they've lost all nine games. I was at the first six, obviously couldn't be at these three. So I was hoping this time around I could uh, I could boast my Padres gear walking around the city. It's just not the case. It's embarrassing. No. But yeah, it's it's. The life of being a Padres fan I tweeted something out last night when we lost on our second game of being thrown out at home with the tying run I think uh-huh. there's nothing worse than being a San Diego sports fan and some people thought that was a hot take it's not but it's just we've become used to it
1: yeah you know we've talked about before we started recording but you know I, I've I've been a fan of this team uh, a lot longer than you have and I, I get kind of get numb to these situations and and I guess my defense mechanism is kind of laugh about it. I, I used to get angry, I used to get upset, I used to wonder why, why, why. But now I kind of just laugh about it and just move on to the next game. That's that's all you can do. The men- mentality uh, has to be that way with this team, or or else you'll just drive yourself crazy with, <laughs> with with the fact that they continue to find new ways to just lose and just just oh, it's 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 maddening. It can it can be maddening if you really deep down think about this franchise and and the history of abuse that the the fans have taken uh, at the hands of the San Diego Padres. It's unfortunate,
0: but we all, we all remain loyal. We know that someday, hopefully soon our loyalty will be paid off. And it's, it's been tough as of late. And I know for me as a 19 year old, I haven't really seen any winning seasons. I know you've been able to see a couple, but not that much more than I have. So
1: no, you know, it is. I mean, it, I mean, 84 and 98 were fantastic years. 84 was really young. I was eight years old. I barely had a remembrance of it. I was still loved baseball, and it, it kind of made me fall in love with the team. Uh, the 98 year was was really magical, seeing the city of San Diego uh, embrace this team and, and pull for this team and, and approve the, the the new downtown stadium. Uh, but it's been 10, 10 years or so since we've had a uh, – successful franchise a, a franchise that you can be proud of a, a Cy Young award winners and 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 producing winning records and winning teams and it, you know it it is frustrating you you have to admit that the team is definitely on the upswing they're spending the money that's no longer an excuse it's no longer fire sales it's no longer uh the ownership's inability to want to win it's the fact now that they're at the point where it's tough to win. I mean, look at how much money the Dodgers have spent and invested in trying to win and, and they haven't won in 32 years. So it's not as easy as some fans think it is to produce a winning franchise. It's it, it takes a lot. And uh, as a fan base, we're learning that it takes more than just the players. It it takes magical concoctions of, of players and, and lineups and personalities gelling together. And, only time will tell with this team, but it's definitely a lot funner watching this team, right? I mean, your teenage years must have been miserable watching this team.
0: Yeah, no, being a season ticket holder in 2015 and 2016 just to get All-Star Games tickets yeah, and yeah. just sitting through that was awful. And I mean, like, there was some hope at the beginning of the season, which was quickly shut down, which yeah, I guess was nice because then your hopes were like, okay, now I can just go enjoy the ball game and not have to worry about Oh, if we lose this game, we might miss the playoffs. At that point, it was over. But
1: yeah, it's been.
0: I haven't been able to enjoy a winning season since I was nine, and even then, I I really don't remember watching a single game that year.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's this franchise is has been starved for quality baseball, and you have to think that they're they're headed in the right direction. I mean, Fernando Tatis is going to be here for a long time, and he's definitely going to provide a spark and provide, provide enthusiasm to the players and other players are going to want to come here. You know, it's, it's, it's a process and and we're, we're getting, we're getting that way. I know when you look at the the scoreboard, the team's 11 and 12. Now uh, the first time that they're under 500, they're four and six in their last 10, they've lost five in a row. You know, a week ago at this time, after the Padres won two games in LA, the fan base was, was on fire and, and, you, there was a, a feeling that this team could take on anyone and beat anyone. But the reality of, of the game kind of humbled them, if you will. And that's what it's about. The, the team has to has to play a fine line of, of playing with confidence, but at the same time respecting that and, and, and just riding the momentum. I think a lot of what we're going to see from this team with peaks and valleys is going to be based upon what we're seeing from their young manager, Jace Tingler, who's definitely – definitely learning on the job and what's your take dominic i mean we're it's easy to point out the mistakes obviously after the fact but there's some things that that a young manager like himself is going to learn over the season and and it's rough for the fan base to have to to go through those those bumps in the roads if you will
0: yeah i i'm going to remain patient with jace tingler he's shown several times that he's put in the right tools lineup wise his bullpen management continues to be a little shaky. You can't fault him for bringing in Emilio Pagan today. Uh, he's been, he has been—he was supposed to be one of our lights yeah. out relievers. Just hasn't been. Uh, the other night, there were some questionable decisions like keeping in Pierce Johnson. We'll get into all that stuff in a bit. His mm-hmm. bullpen management definitely needs some work. That's something you're going to get a feel for as you continue to learn. you got to remember, we're only 23 games into his managerial career. Unfortunately, yes. he's in a spot where the potters are trying to compete for a playoff position and some of his mistakes are costing us and he's got to learn from those and i pointed out a couple episodes i believe it was the dodger series at petco park where there's an instance of where all three relievers came in in the middle of an inning they finished the inning not allowing any runs and they came back out for the next inning and every single one of them allowed a run and you just can't do that 3 times in a row. And I don't yeah. think he's done that since. So that's that's showing some improvement right there. I'm remaining patient on him. He's shown he he's he's manipulating the lineup and manipulating the fielders and that's been good so far. I still have faith in Tingler going forward.
1: I'm not trying to be critical of him and 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 his managerial style. It's just that with a young manager, there's going to be bumps in the roads and and we're seeing that. I mean, for instance, in today's game, uh, you know, Pagan hasn't been lights out. He's been sketchy. And after that walk to Walker, I, you know, it's easy to, to question this, but you know, Pomerantz was up in the bullpen already warming up. Looked like he could get in the game. You know, why not put him in for 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 a multiple out save? Uh, you know, working more than an inning for a big game like like today's game was for this team. Uh, you know, you have to play momentum in baseball, and you have to ride momentum you have to almost be be a precog or, or be, be just be able to recognize when momentum is about to swing on your team and when it's about to shift and you have to prevent that you have to stop that whether it's going out and slowing the game down whether it's going and, and adjusting uh, a pitcher or a batter and making an adjustment or, or making an adjustment with fielding you have to be able to recognize those points at a bulk at a, at a during a game when you're your momentum is about to switch. It happens multiple times during a game and you have to be able to survive those. And I think he's learning that on the job again. And it's, it's, it's just tough, especially when we're talking about a a season that's shortened. So these games are almost worth three times value. A loss like today's game, losing five games like today's uh, loss resulted in is, is, is almost like having a double digit losing streak for this team. It's, it's, it's catastrophic, if you will, in the clubhouse. You can see it in looking at the pressers and, and the faces on the players. They're a little stunned right now. And now's when the, the manager needs to come in and, and reassure them that, you know, we are this great team that, that we all saw six days ago that beat up the Dodgers the first two games. It was it was a game or two out of, out of the division. It, 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 baseball is ups and downs, and you got to ride them, and, and you have to stay confident. And, and, and we'll just have to see. You know, I love – what I see from Tingler and, and I'm looking forward to his tenure as, as this team uh, progresses for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. And with the Rockies struggling over this past week, the Padres really missed out on a good chance to possibly move into the second place in the division, which with the Dodgers and the NL West is where you want to be because realistically you're not going to win the division. And if you're a second place team this year, you're all of a sudden in a playoff team guaranteed. So yes. now that we've dropped five in a row, it becomes much more difficult to get to. But so let's yeah. let's get into do these game by game. First game, to Nelson Lamette was solid once again. He went six innings pitched, only one run, eight strikeouts, and three hits. So he's continuing to show that he is an NL Cy Young Award candidate. I'm currently working on an article for that, so you'll see that on East Village Times, uh, some point during this week. But the offense was quiet all game. Merrill Kelly. Uh, pitched well for the second time this season against the Padres probably won't face him again unless if the Padres face the Diamondbacks in the playoffs so that's good because he's been killer against us so far he's got a 1.71 ERA on the year Potter's offense didn't score until the ninth inning at that point when you're down five nothing it almost doesn't even count uh, <laughs> what were your takeaways from this game
1: lament lament is is the real deal I mean the the fastball slider combination on him is is it just makes major league hitters look just horrible and it, it's it's he's slowly developing ace like stuff. I mean if he can learn to, to limit his pitch counts and if the Padres free him a little bit and let him throw a little bit more and and, and open up his, his 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 starts his his pitches per start, you could see a, a guy who could progress past Paddock as a potential ace for this team. I still like Paddock and, and the moxie that he provides and, and the, the ace-like qualities that he, that he has, if you will. But Lamette is definitely a solid number two. You have to really be impressed with what you see from him. Uh, the offense in that game was horrendous. You know, a, a soft tosser like Kelly, who kind of relies on changing speeds, it's kind of been... Uh, a bugaboo for this team if you will uh, a right-handed pitcher in particular so you, you have to wonder um what kind of adjustments this team's going to make uh moving forward they definitely have the trade chips to to possibly go after a dh or or improve in certain areas if they want to go that route so well it's interesting to see what what prether is going to do moving forward but there, there's a lot a lot of uh A lot of issues on this team that need to be fixed. And and I think that first game kind of was a microcosm of that, you know, Lamette pitches well, should have been, had a run, should have had some runs on the board for him, should have been pitching comfortably. And and instead the team's struggling to to put something up and, 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 you know, scoring late. And, and, you know, that's not the way this team is set up to, to win. This team is set up to get an early lead, uh, Pitchers go five or six innings, and hopefully the bullpen wins uh, and and preserves the win. So we'll have to see if if they make adjustments on on their formula for for winning. Uh, Like I say, they do have a lot of trade ships and a lot of valuable players they could move if they decide to go that route.
0: Yep, and then one more thing I want to add on about this game was Kirby Yates. I'd imagine this is probably the last time we see him pitch this year possibly even in a Padres uniform, as he is a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, He only faced one batter. He struck the guy out, but the ball got away from Francisco Mejia. Kirby Yates had to come out from the game because he had an elbow injury, Uh, said that he had bone chips, and he's getting a second opinion on Monday. So we'll find out about that after this podcast is released, unfortunately. But in one of my articles I wrote before the season was that Kirby Yates needed to have another strong year, if you wanted to make a lot of money in this offseason relievers tend to have a short lifespan if you will and uh-huh. they one injury can set them back so far or just even if they get out of their groove for a little bit they might never recover and Kirby Yates although he started to pick things up in his last couple of outings started off very poorly and that could have been a bad sign for him and then tacking on this injury for him he he lost a lot of money in 2020 and it's really unfortunate, not just because he's a good pitcher, but he's also just such a great guy. So you really hate to see this, and this doesn't help the Padres or Yates going forward.
1: No, it, it, you said it. He's uh, this is going to be catastrophic for him in his free agent year, and, and you definitely want to wish the best for him. Uh, you know, kudos to AJ Preller for going out and, and picking up a uh, Pagan and, and signing uh, Pomerantz. Just to solidify the bullpen, which was not an issue for this team. Again, you just have to adjust. You have to think out of the box, and you have to constantly improve your team. And, and kudos to him for them, because if they didn't have either one of those guys, the Padres would be in a world of hurt, uh, relying on a Javi Guerra or David Bednar. And, and crucial seventh and eighth inning situations is not a way for this team to succeed. Nope,
0: absolutely not. And the second game, this game, was Saturday night. Uh, game started with Fernando Tatis Jr. hitting a home run out of a three-hole and batting his DH. That was the first time for both those for him. And then the Potters' offense didn't score until the eighth inning because, once again, Potters' bats just couldn't do anything that weren't on home runs and hitting with runners in scoring position. Alex Young was making his first start of the year for the Diamondbacks. He looked pretty good. 4.1 innings, 4 hits, only warner and run which was that Tatis home run. And Cal Quantrill made his first start of 2020. He looked okay, recorded 11 outs, allowed 5 hits, walked a guy at 5 strikeouts, only allowed warner and run could have been a little worse if Patterson have a nice relay. And then Matt Strom came in and recorded 4 outs on 12 pitches. And Matt Strom on the year has a 1.8 ERA and Tingler pulled him. This is another one of those things where the dude was being yeah. efficient in getting outs, pulls him, brings in Pierce-Johnson, and Pierce-Johnson Pierce just struggled. Only recorded one out, allowed three hits, walked a guy, four earned runs. The, the earned runs were kind of iffy. There were some misplays out on defense that could have mm-hmm. helped him. Mm-hmm. But Pierce-Johnson, who looked really good coming into this game, really just took a step back. Now his ERA is up to 6.14 on the year. And Craig Stammon came in, did a fine job getting out of that jam. And David Bednar uh, pitched the last two innings. He allowed two earned runs, and then he got sent back down on Sunday. But the Potters' offense didn't go away without a fight. And I was saying after this game ended, like, why couldn't we have just lost 7-1? to one? I'd feel a lot better if, <laughs> if we just lost 7-1 to one and they didn't break my heart. But, of course, they did. Eric Cosmer He's continuing to hit the ball well this year. Uh, I know you and I have been very vocal about his struggles in the past, so we want to see him succeed for the Padres. There's no denying that, but we're, we want to hold our players accountable when they're not doing well. So for us, it's great to see this. Great to see Eric Hosmer doing well. He had another home run on Sunday. And then in the ninth inning, Fernando Tatis Jr. drove in a couple of runs on a double. And then... Uh, Jerks and Profar lined a single up the middle, and Jorge Mateo, who was pinch running, got thrown out trying to score on a single from first. And yeah, that that's enough things yeah. to be said about that right there. Very close play at home. Yeah, um, he looked he looked like he was safe.
1: Him. He he really did look like he was safe. I thought I thought they were going to allow him. Uh, I thought his hand snuck in before the tag on on his rib cage and. The catcher was also in his lane. Definitely, I, I, you know, it, it's again, it's just another way for this team to 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 lose, and another way for this fan base to be just get frustrated. And uh, I agree, a seven to one loss would have definitely been easier to take than that uh, a loss like that. But it's it, it's tough. You know, well, let's talk about the big the big thing about this. Uh, game, and that's Fernando Tatis hitting third. And what he did that again uh, as we record this podcast on Sunday. Uh, it looks like that's going to be a thing moving forward for the Padres. Uh, I don't know. Well, give me your thoughts on that. I mean, he's obviously the best offensive weapon on this team uh, right now and probably should be hitting third. What is what is your thoughts uh, about the rest of the lineup and whether or not he should stay at that third position? Uh, and Whether or not this was too early. For him to be moved up or down, well, I should say.
0: I've been very vocal on this podcast. I've said about three or four times separately on different episodes that mm-hmm. he needs to not be hitting leadoff, and I've given very good reasoning for it. I've said Tommy Pham gets on base a lot against left-handed pitchers. Bat him leadoff in front of him against left-handed pitcher. Trent Grisham does the same versus right-handed pitchers. Do the same thing there. Get some mm-hmm. guys on for Tatis because he he's our best hitter, like you just said. Now, hitting him third behind Manny Machado, I, I listen, I'm not the manager for the San Diego Padres, but if you saw today, he came up multiple times with runners on base, which hadn't been happening a lot. Now, did he do anything with those guys on? No, but he also got on base a couple of times today. And the night before, he went two for four, scored three times with a walk, and had three RBIs. So you, you're already seeing it kind of pay off. It's not where yeah. I would have him in the order, but beggars can't be choosers. I got kind of something of what I want. So uh, Uh, I'll take it. It's a step in the right direction.
1: Yeah, it is and he has the mentality to be able to handle this. I mean pitchers are going to pitch to him obviously different in the number three spot than in the top of the order. Uh, He's going to have to adjust but at at his young age he's already shown the ability to do that so I don't think that's an issue. I I think that like you say it depends on who's around him structured around him to get the best out of this uh, move and uh, I, I admire Tingler for for not hesitating uh the last homestand the media uh, I was at uh, on one of the Zoom uh, Zoom meetings with Tingler and, and a couple of uh, of reporters including myself were asking about him potentially moving uh down in the lineup because he's just been unreal and he Tingler said that they were still evaluating that uh they he didn't want to rule it out uh, but they were still evaluating that, and obviously the, the evaluations came out favorable, and, and it looks like Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be uh, the number three hitter for this team for a while. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't expect for them to move him. I would expect for them to build around him at that spot and find the necessary weapons uh, to get the most out of him. You put somebody really effective behind him, like Hosmer is doing right now, and it's tough to pitch around him. So we'll have to wait and see. This is going to jumpstart the offense. Uh, The team's learning how to utilize the DH. That's something that that they've obviously never had to do in the the National League, so that's another thing. The team's not structured uh, with a DH, per se. Uh, Amazing how things have changed since last year, Uh, since we had uh, you-know-who who who, uh, was jettisoned out of town because he could only hit. Uh, It's, you know, the game's always progressing and I think Perler's done a good job of staying ahead of the, uh, of the pack, uh, under, in, in most regards.
0: Yeah, I, I'm very well aware of who you're referring to there. Uh, he had two home <laughs> runs today in Detroit and I, I got very sad watching that game on ESPN today earlier really, this morning. And then of course he got hurt in his final plate appearance too. So that was, that was unfortunate to see because, uh, yeah, Reyes is a really good guy, um, Fireball loved watching him play last year, Uh, but it's unfortunate. It's the way the Padres to trade away one trade away a power hitter who can't field perfect DH, and then of course the following year (laughs) is pandemic that brings the DH to the National League. It's just so Padres like.
1: I mean, you you the DH was already coming at at probably 2021. I mean, it was already trending that way. It already looked like it was going to happen. I mean, it was you know I'm a baseball purist at heart. I've I I love the idea of a pitchers hitting, but I, I also am just not going to fight against something that's just, it's just not, it's, it's just not any way, there's just no reason to fight for it anymore. The game's progressed. It's nicer to have more offense in, the, on, in a team, on a team. It's nicer to produce uh, for players to be able to move around and get days off. I see the benefits of it. Uh, so, you know, the DH is, is probably here to stay for the long term in, in both leagues. Uh, I wouldn't imagine there'll be any change in that regard. Um, tough loss, though. Tough loss in that second game. Uh, you want to move on to today's game, and, and or Sunday's game, if you will, and uh, give us uh, the synopsis on, on what went wrong today?
0: I mean, I don't, I don't want to, but I will. Uh, <laughs> so in this one, Cole Calhoun hit his fourth home run against the Padres of the year. He Please. played ten games Cole against us and he so had four home
1: runs. Yeah, and Cole I mean, Calhoun. <laughs> sorry, I'm Calhoun. Calhoun? like really
0: <laughs> well I mean he's at Arizona State Sun Devil, so we can uh oh, we can stop great. the we can stop we can stop the slander there a little bit. Uh <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Uh but he he's proven that in the past year and a half that he he's improved as a power hitter. He's plugging yeah. five twenty six on the year, which is very, very good. And, I, and he's killed the Padres so far. Garrett Richards looked great today. I wanted yeah. I wanted uh, Tingler to pull Garrett Richards in the seventh inning when it looked like he was losing it. And then the next pitch he rolled a ground ball double play and I said, That's yeah. why I'm not managing the San Diego Padres. Yeah.
1: I think and, I had the same I had the same sentiment. I was really nervous at that point, and like you say Next pitch, double plays. Okay, all right. Too cool, Calhoun, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, moving
0: moving a little backwards in the game, the sixth inning, the Padres offense finally broke through with a hit. Uh, Robbie Ray, give credit to him. He's been struggling all year. Uh, I, I've known from watching him pitch for a couple of years, this dude's nasty. Really yes. good pitcher. Just has not been throwing strikes this year. Showed again today, six walks. But... He made enough quality pitches to get Padres batters out. Uh, I'll get into that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And But in the in the sixth inning, Padres offense finally broke through. Eric Hosmer launched Angle Haas. He hit another home run. Uh, it was good for Eric Hosmer. And then Padres got very lucky with this next run. Tommy Pham, a little dribbler. And then Josh Naylor hit in, uh, hit in Pham with a little blooper. And it was a really lucky run. There's no other way to describe it, but yeah, yeah. it was a run. And then we stranded some more runners because there were some very, very questionable bunts. The first five batters of the inning got on base, and the next two batters bunted. And I was just scratching my
1: head. I, I didn't hear the presser after the game. Did was that? I don't know if that was put on my tingler. I, I wouldn't assume that the hitters did that on themselves. I, it's tough. When you're on the road, you're you're not supposed to play small ball. You're supposed to play together runs and and get more runs because you're not the last team up. You need to just continue to add on, add on, add on. So, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest proponent to bunting. I I don't, I, I enjoy the bunting aspect of the game as long as it's done tastefully and in the right time. But that was a little strange. So I, I wonder what was going on there, whether it was missed signs or whether Tingler saw something that we're not seeing again, what you see on TV is different. What you see in the game, and in the game in front of you, or what you know from the books, that the the, the scouting reports, the, the managers and the, and the bench coaches have. So, you know, a lot of our speculation is just that speculation. We don't know the facts, and we don't know what their thinking is, and and they're not necessarily going to indulge you with 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 why they did such things. So, it was strange, though. You would like to see them try to add on right there, uh, especially with the way the team's playing again, it's about momentum. And when you have a team like that and, and you know, Ahmed's throwing the ball around the field, they're, they're making mistakes They, you know, they, they're starting to get the pressure on them. Bunting is just like, uh, an easy out, if you will. And it's, yes, it's moving runners around and, and stuff can happen, but you want to put more pressure on them than that. It's not necessarily the kind of pressure that that's going to result in anything favorable for the team. So I, again, it's easy to critique after the fact uh because those bunts could have resulted in a uh, throw down the line that <laughs> that made the inning uh compound into a huge. So it's 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 all speculation and it's just us playing uh, Monday morning quarterback, right?
0: Yeah, I mean definitely, but it when the first five batters
1: reach in and inning, you don't bunt yeah. twice and give them no, two. That, that's that's yeah. dumb. Yeah, I I, I I have to agree with you. I mean, you got to keep the pressure on them. You got to, you got to just keep adding on. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the what the process was again, whether it was on the players or, or what, but uh, it's uh it's part of being a Padre fan. I, w- I would say that's how you sum it up. And I used to say it is what it is. And I, that's kind of, uh we'll put it under that category. It is what it is.
0: Yep. And then you already mentioned the Nick Ahmed throwing air, which was good to see as a, uh... Someone who heard Diamondbacks fans just clamor about Nick Ahmed and his 97 OPS plus last year and his Gold Glove, and we're talking about how he was a top five shortstop in all baseball and how he was. Well, the I, I'm still, best. I'm,
1: yeah. I'm still mad at Ahmed for for taking out Spangenberg three four years ago and and, and busting up his knee and, and a double play ball at Petco Park. I still have that under in, in the back of my mind, but that's that's just me, the old baseball player in me.
0: Right, Nick Ahmed is basically a little bit better version of Austin Hedges, but their fan base just adores him and thinks he's just insane. And yeah. I've had to listen to it for the past several months, so I'm not I'm not a huge fan of Nick Ahmed. And yeah. so to see him make a really awful throwing error brought a little smile to my face. Uh, as a <laughs> former baseball player, you don't want to see a shortstop do that, but as an opposing fan, you love it. Yeah. And exactly. then the the eighth inning happened. Uh, Emilio Pagan struggled. No other way to put it. He, he walked the batter with two outs in the inning, and then the next batter hit a go ahead three run home run. Walks kill. There's no other way to yes. put it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He struck out two batters. I mean, of course, he strikes out the guy after he allows the home run. That's just how it always works. <laughs> but
1: yeah.
0: it, it was another really frustrating way to lose a ball game. And you and I were talking about this before we started recording the Tampa Bay Rays were just smiling down on the Padres today because yeah. Tommy Pham is hitting 207 with a three sixteen OBP and a two hundred ninety-three slugging percentage, which by any terms is very subpar hitting. And now Emilio Pagan on the year has an 8.31 ERA. Now, Jake Cronenworth has been unbelievable for the Padres, and I'm sure they will regret doing that, even though they have a very good shortstop in the minor leagues, Juan Franco. And they have a good shortstop right now, Billy Adamas. So Jake Cronenworth, they were they were fine in trading him. But mm-hmm. they've just got to be sitting here smiling. Because, man, Wilmar Margot is starting to pick up his bat. Hunter Renfro had a couple of bombs this weekend. I haven't really seen how he's done this past week. But they've got to be feeling great about themselves. And trading with the Tampa Bay Rays is always a dangerous game because they know what they're doing. Yes. And yes. They, they, they played right into Preller's hand.
1: Yeah, I mean, their player development is unreal. It always has been. They get the most out of their players. It doesn't surprise me that to see Margot and Renfro find consistency and become decent players there. It, 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 that's something that the Padres have always suffered in. They'll make a trade for a player, and, and their value will go down. They're just not able to cultivate the most out of them, and I think that that's one of the issues that this team needed to improve. I think that's why they brought in – uh, someone like Jace Tingler, who has such a player development type of background and bringing in coaches like Kirby and Dickerson, who also are, are good player development guys, because you need to get the most out of these players now. It's not just about having the best lineup on paper unless they're playing together and, and you know, being in this locker room the last two or three years, you, you got a sense that there was clicks there, there. They weren't together. There were groups of players off doing things off, you know, it's, you have to be a family. You have to be that proverbial, pull the proverbial same rope and all that cliches are true in a team sport. Ultimate team sport like baseball is you have to play together. And and the Padres are slowly learning that Uh, all the, all the best wishes in the world to Margot and, and, and Renfro and, you know, I, it, it's tough to see other players perform well away from the Padres, uh, especially in a case like Renfro homegrown talent, some of those drafted by the team, but it's just the life of the, of, of a Padre fan. And, and the fact that this team has made so many trades over the years and they continue to, to go through so many players. There's just not a consistent homegrown type of feel about this team. Uh, they they they're, Trending that way within this last four or five drafts that Brothers done. But uh again, he had to remove some of the the players from regimes before and it's it's uh it's part of being a party fan, right, Dominic?
0: Yep. And Renfro, while he's struggling average wise, but we all know that batting average is not a good way to judge a player. He has fifteen RBIs on the year, which is pretty darn good for being a platoon guy so far for their team. He's got four bombs. And he's got a 7.33 OPS, which is significantly higher than Pham's is. You know, Fam was mostly brought in to change the clubhouse. Seems like yeah. he's done a good job there, so you can't yeah. you can't criticize that trade too much. But oh, oh. the Ray, the Rays have to be smiling right now.
1: Oh, they they definitely have to be smiling. Yeah. So let's move on
0: from this series because I don't want to talk about the Arizona Diamondbacks anymore. The next series is a four game series, a two game split. I guess we'll call it like that with the Texas Rangers. First two games will be played in Texas that will wrap up this road trip. First two will be two pitchers that don't throw very hard. Jordan Lyles, former Padre, and Zach Davies. Second game will be Chris Paddock and Mike Minor, two pitchers that feature a straight fastball and a changeup. So you're going to be seeing a lot of the same there. And then when the two teams go to Petco Park that next day, you're going to see Denelson Lamette and Lance Lynn, two guys who are definitely in the Cy Young Award race, both in their respective leagues. And then the final matchups, uh, right now, it's Cal Quantrill. We're not exactly sure if he's going to be getting another start. I would say that he probably deserves another one after his decent start. It was better than what Lucchese had done so far in that slot. Going up against Kyle Gibson, who pitched last year for the Minnesota Twins, so, what jumps out to you when you look at this upcoming series?
1: Uh, it's odd, uh, away and home, two and two series for for the team. Uh, the Rangers are, are are pretty average at this point. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't. Nothing stands out. Uh, Joey Gallo is obviously a an impressive force uh, in the middle of their lineup. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. We'll we'll have to wait and see how the team responds to their losing streak and how they're able to go. Uh, on the road, and, and, and try to salvage the rest of the this, this series. Uh, if they can do well in, in Texas in these two games and, you know, sweep them and, and, and come back home, there'll be a, a better feeling about this team uh, from them themselves. And, and, and ultimately, it's going to take, uh, take them all to, to perform well. Uh, we didn't get much into Quantrill uh, about his performance in, in Arizona. I was pretty impressed with what, what I saw from him uh, I know his, his, um, pitches have been, been, uh, ticking up slowly and, and he was able to perform, uh, pretty well for the first three or four innings, got roughed up a little bit there, but that's, that's understandable. Uh, the Padres are, are positioning Adrian Morhone into the taxi squad. He's in, uh, in with the USD, uh, with the, uh, the, what is it? The, I don't know, what's the terminology they're using for the taxi squad, the. The,
0: uh, the minor league camp, and
1: then he's uh, he's traveling with the taxi squad,
0: which just there means that he's traveling with the team so that he can be called up if they need him to be.
1: Okay, so my theory on Morajone is that eventually I think the Padres are going to want to do a back-to-back with uh, a Morahone or a Patino uh, in the same game, or a Morahone and a Quantrill in the same game, kind of uh, piggyback the, against each other, if you will. Uh, because they, they, Marhone's tough on lefties, but you can be tough on righties. And that, that can be a way of evaluating both pitchers, but yet not subjecting them to too much abuse, if you will, because they're both very young. You want to limit their, their innings. You want to limit their pitches. You don't want them to get knocked around too bad, uh, in their first taste of major league service time. So, uh, we'll have to wait and see what they do in that regard. Uh, I'm surprised we have not seen much in, uh, in in the media and the press in regards to michelle baez and and where he is uh this team could definitely use more relief help and they probably will need more relief help uh you know injuries happen things happen and and, uh the team is going to have to to strengthen certain areas so we'll have to wait and see that they definitely have depth in the minor leagues not being able to see some of these young guys perform and, and 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 have a chance you know Travis Radke uh, is a name that comes out, comes to my mind right away. Someone who was probably would have made his major league debut at at some point this year. He probably still will. He's uh, he got called up. Uh, he's he's now practicing with the team and and working out with the team. Uh, but I, I feel for someone like that, a 26, 27 year old journeyman minor leaguer who worked so hard and, and was just on the cusp of making it, and, and with this pandemic year kind of threw a monkey wrench into the plan. So. Uh, you know, I look for the Padres and for Preller to to just do his due diligence and, and turn over every rock and, and and find these journeyman type players like a Pierce Johnson that that, that has the potential to be valuable. Uh, you know, look what he did with Hand, look what he did with Yates. Uh, I would expect for the Padres to make a move or two in that regard. Uh, we've yet to see the dividends from Hill and Pagan, but but I think both those pitchers were also supposed to. Be uh, vital members of this uh, bullpen moving forward. Uh, Give me your thoughts on Pagan and Hill, and whether or not you think uh, both will will iron out the difficulties.
0: We mentioned in the Tim Hill podcast that I don't see him as a long term option for the Padres. He was kind of one of the he was a guy that was going to fill in for the absence of Jose Castillo this year, with him being injured again and possibly going forward because that talk about a walking injury there. Uber talented, but just can't stay on the field. And, you know, he Tim Hill's not young. He's a sidearmer, no. and those guys, those guys talk about having short lifespans out of the bullpen. Uh, definitely there. He's taken a pretty steep step back so far from where he was last year. And then Pagan, I still have faith. You know, you watch him. He's throwing like 95 miles an hour on the corner with a pretty good slider. He just oh. didn't have the feel for it today. I have faith that he can turn around, but it seems that he's not going to be the guy that we saw closing games for a playoff team in Tampa Bay last year, but if he can be a sixth or seventh inning guy for the Padres, that, that's, that's still a win. You, know, you yeah. have Andres Medios coming back, hopefully sometime next year, got a couple of other young guys in the farm system. I'm a huge Michelle Baez fan. I have seriously no clue why he's not in the bullpen right now. They're, there's a lot of questions with the roster construction right now and with the struggling bullpen. You should really try and fit in pieces, see where they can go, see if anything sticks. And, uh-huh. I mean, there's there's a lot of options the Potters have. And the fact that we've only seen a couple of guys out of the bullpen and a lot of them are struggling is kind of concerning.
1: Yeah, it, it is. And, it, you know, it's still early. You know, we're 20 games, 23 games into the season. Uh, even though it's a shortened season i mean we'd still be in, in in the end of april at this point and there'd be a lot of a uh, long a long road in in a regular 162 game season so it's 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 tough everything's expedited everything's rushed you know trade deadlines gonna come soon teams are going to have to make that move Are going to have to make that decision whether or not they're competitive or whether they're going to compete whether they're going to 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 tank if you will for for draft picks and and it's 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 tough. This is going to be a really rough season. Uh, all in all, I mean, there, and we're still not out of the pandemic situation. There still could be an issue uh, come the playoffs. I mean, what happens if if if, if the playoffs are on and we're down to two teams and, and one of the teams has an outbreak? So I mean, there's a lot of a lot of scenarios to what can happen. The situation's still fluid. Uh, it's nice to see baseball. It's nice to get a little bit of normalcy, if you will. But uh, we there's a there's a there's still a long road ahead uh, in this season and and before uh, before we can uh, return to to the way things used to be, if you will.
0: Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think anything will be the same as what it once was. But uh, anything close to that capacity would be lovely. Uh, yeah. But. Uh, Jordan Lyles, he struggled this year at 6.06 ERA. Mike Miner is having the worst season of his career. So if you really want to get back to performing how you were, those first two games against two struggling pitchers would be lovely because Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson are having much better seasons. Lance Lynn, 1.11 ERA, and then Kyle Gibson, 3.74 ERA. So Padres need to get started early in the series. We don't really face Texas Rangers too often playing in a brand new stadium, as you already mentioned. The Padres need to get back into it because I, I need to take a look at the standings right now, but I know that we just fell behind the Diamondbacks, so I know yeah. that we can't be the seventh seed, and with us being behind Milwaukee and St. Louis, that means the Padres are currently out of a playoff spot if the season were to end today. Fortunately, mm-hmm. it doesn't. We still have over half of the season left, but... This would be a good two-game stretch in Texas to get it rolling again.
1: Yeah, they they have to get get rolling. They have they have to get a little winning streak going. They have to get that uh, that chip back on their shoulder, and they need to really, uh, you know, it's 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 better to have these tough times in the beginning of the year than at the end because we've seen it over the last five, ten years. The wildcard teams, teams that catch fire at the end of the year, those are the teams that win the World Series. So. Uh, if this team picks at the right peaks at the right time, um, makes some minor tweaks to the lineup, makes some minor tweaks to the roster, uh, it could be a magical year for San Diego. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see, though.
0: It definitely can, and you take a look at that schedule. And the, the second half of the schedule is significantly easier than this first half. And we're, we're getting through it right around 500 ball. If the Padres can find a way to be 15-15 or 20-20 heading to that final stretch. They could definitely make some noise, make the playoffs, which we all think we're a playoff team with eight playoff teams in each league this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited. you know. As frustrating as Padres baseball is and has been this year and in the past, this is an exciting season for us. We finally have some expectations, which make the losses more disappointing. To yeah. lose five straight has yeah. been brutal.
1: Yeah. Definitely. It definitely does. And, you know, this team is is with Paddock and lament structured to perform well in the playoffs. When you have two pitchers like that that you can rely on, uh, that other teams have to beat. Uh, it, it makes winning a series against the Padres uh, a tough task. So we just need the, the team needs to just get to that point. But uh, if they can make the playoffs, uh, there's definitely a, a lot of uh, reason to be positive about the future of this team.
0: Yeah, Texas Rangers have won seven of their last three. Just took the series from Colorado, so they're they're playing decent ball as of late. So it won't be easy for the Padres. James, you got anything to say before we head out?
1: No, uh, I think that the, the team needs to play better. Obviously, uh, uh, you know the, the first two games we saw in LA is, is is not who we saw is not who this team is. The last five games that we've seen is not who this team is. Somewhere in the middle is what this team is really capable of. Uh, you know they need to get more performance out of catch at the catching position We didn't get into the hedges mahia issue. Uh, Tommy fan needs to be healthy. Uh, you know he left today's game uh, looking like a left wrist or, or arm injury. he already has the, the bulky elbow in his in his throwing arm so there, there's some things that need to be addressed about this team moving forward but uh, all in all, It's a good time to be a Padre fan Uh, Fernando Tatis is is blossoming into a star Chris Paddock and Lament Are are pitching really well And and, and flourishing Uh, And and there's still all the young Minor leaguers that still haven't really made a mark Yet on this team Uh, I wonder if we'll see Mackenzie Gore at some point this season Uh, And if if that happens That will be a magical moment uh, In itself
0: Yep, Uh, James, thanks for coming on It's good to have you uh, it's always good to get a different point of view on the podcast. Uh, Bobby will not be back for the next episode. I'm trying to figure out who I'm going to have on. It might be you. It might be someone else. But thanks for coming on.
1: Awesome, man. Thank you. I had a great time, Dominic. Uh, great stuff, man. Just keep producing the the podcast. And uh, all you guys, definitely give uh, Dominic and Bobby some love and, and show them some, uh, some gratitude for, for what they're doing for you guys and putting out these great uh, sh- shows whenever they can.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't see a whole lot of other Padres people producing podcasts after every series. Uh, there are some other podcasts out there, but I we're putting in a lot of hard work trying to inform the audience. And Definitely. we hope that our work doesn't go unnoticed. Uh, so with that, that's going to wrap up this podcast. As always, this is an East Village Times podcast. Check out our content at eastvillagetimes.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at EVT underscore news. You can follow me on Twitter at dmstern 19. James, uh, what's your, what's your at on Twitter?
1: Uh, J or oh, EVT J underscore Clark, I believe. Uh, or you can just hit me up at uh, EVT news. Uh, you know, the, you know, the Twitter handle. I have no issues uh, communicating over Twitter. Uh, I have multiple Twitter accounts. I take ribbing for that. So if you need to find me on Twitter, you will have no trouble finding me.
0: Yep, so that's going to wrap this up. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully next time we'll have some wins to talk about. Uh, First sweep of the Padres' year, you would have liked for us to do the sweeping, but uh, that's as often not the case. But there's always next time. So thank you for tuning in, and we are signing off.